So uh, in Psalm 122, we read, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. And I was thinking about that, and I was thinking about the number of places in the Psalms where they express their joy in coming to the house of the Lord. And I had to say, well, is that always how we feel when we when we think about going to the house of the Lord? And I think that in our day, the house of the Lord is the local church. We read that you are the temple of God in 1 Corinthians 3.16, plural, 2 Corinthians 6.16. For you are the temple of the living God. I dwell in them and walk in them, among them. And Ephesians 2, we read the same thing, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. So I suggest to you that as we look into the Psalms tonight, and maybe glean some insights as to... Uh, our participation at the house of the Lord, how to make it better for ourselves, for God. And um, that's what I'm proposed that we do tonight. I have seven, seven words that I want us to focus on and to help us in our participation in the house of the Lord. So the first one, the first word is purpose. What is our purpose? We read in Psalm 27, Psalm 27, we read that the psalmist says, in verse 4, he says this. He says, One thing I have desired of the Lord that I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in his temple. And I suggest to you that as we think about coming to read of you Bible Chapel, for Tuesday night meeting, Sunday mornings, I suggest to you that our, our primary purpose, there are, there are probably lots of purposes, lots of things we want to see our friends and so on, but I suggest to you that our primary purpose is to behold the beauty of the Lord. And I guarantee that if you come with that attitude that you're going to be meeting with the Lord, you won't be disappointed. Psalm 42, I'm going to give you time. We're going to be looking at not... Many psalms, but we'll come back to this psalm. Psalm 42, verses 1 and 2, we read this. As the deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? So the, the psalmist, he's, he's coming before God. He's coming to the house of the Lord to, to come before the living God. In Psalm 84... We read a similar expression, Psalm 84, verses 1 and 2. We read this, How lovely is your tabernacle, O Lord of hosts! My soul longs, yes, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my, my flesh cry out for the living God. Now, we might not think of it, but it's our, it's our privilege when we come and we gather in the name of the Lord, we're coming to connect with the living God. We're coming to connect with the living God. And in fact, Abram Kidd, he mentioned that to us, brought that to our attention in Revelation chapter 3 and verses 19 and 20. We read this. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten, therefore be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. And he's talking to the church there, is he not? So the Lord is present 
And he's knocking at the door of our hearts, we're the church, and he said, are you going to listen? And if you listen, I will come in and I will uh, dine with him and he with me. It's a metaphor for I'll have fellowship with you. Let's think about that, brothers and sisters. When we come to our gatherings, we're coming first and foremost to meet with the living God. So I have seven words, and they all start with the letter P. So the first one's purpose. The next one, praise. Turn, turn in your Bibles, turn in the Psalms to Psalms 145 to 100, 146 to 150 are the Hallelujah Psalms. They all start and end with praise the Lord. And Psalm 149 says this, Sing to the Lord a new song and his praise in the assembly of the saints. Psalm 147, we read, For it is good, praise the Lord, for it is good to sing praises to our God, for it is pleasant, and praise is beautiful. And I have a little note in my Bible here. All these psalms, these, these five psalms, talk about praising the Lord and putting our attention on the Lord. And um, when we come to the house of the Lord, that's where our mind should be, on the Lord. And if we're in the presence of the Lord, if we here's a test. Do you want to know if you're in the presence of the Lord? Here's the test. Are you praising the Lord? We can't be in the presence of the Lord and not praise Him. Think about it. If we read in Revelation chapter 4 and chapter 5, the, the 24 elders and the four living creatures, they were on their knees praising God. Why? They were in the presence of God, and in the presence of God, we can only but praise Him. So sometimes we, we put the cart before the horse. We want to praise God and we're not in His presence. But we're to humble our hearts, confess our sins, do what we have to do to get into His presence, and we will praise the Lord. Who needs these praise psalms? I have this little note. I've probably mentioned it before. People who are too busy. You know, if we're not praising the Lord, maybe we're too busy. People who are deeply hurt and focusing on themselves, people who are lukewarm. Let my mouth be filled with your praise and with your glory, the psalmist says. That's a challenge to me. I'm not always praising the Lord. Why? Because I'm focusing too much on myself. So, first P, what's our purpose? Purpose. <laughs> That's the first P. To be in the presence of the Lord. To praise the Lord. Our third P is this. And we're going to look at Psalm 84. We've already been there. We're going to go back. Passion. Passion. There are certain things that we do out of duty, right? We go to work, we go to a school, and uh, believe it or not, in the summertime, I play golf. I try to play golf. I, I, I do it out of duty. You know? I do it out of duty. It's a strategy to keep my body moving, you see? I do it because I don't want to have to go to the physical therapist. Do you know what I mean? I, I try to keep things moving. So I do it out of duty. There's certain things I do out of duty. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of things we do because we know we should do it. But we come to church because we love the Lord. The psalmist says, I love the Lord because he heard my voice. There's love there, right? The first great commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart and your neighbor as yourself. It's love. Love is the basic motivation. So we don't always, we're Anglo-Saxons, most of us, perhaps. We're not that expressive. We're not as expressive as our friends from South America or Africa or 
or uh, maybe we're more expressive than folks from Asia, but um, we can be passionate in our own way. In Psalm 84, what does he say? We've already read it. We're going to read it again. Psalm 84, how lovely is your tabernacle, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. There's passion there. Psalm 42, we already read it. As a deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts God for the living God. There's, there's passion there. So when we come, we come with a godly passion. In Psalm 9, Psalm 111, and Psalm 38, the psalmist says, I praise you, O Lord, with my whole heart. He says, I praise you with my whole heart. And I'm thinking that these were Old Testament saints. We have the Holy Spirit. We know Jesus Christ. How much more should we be praising God with our whole heart? I read an illustration in a commentary by John Phillips you know, that some of you might relate to. He was, he was trying to illustrate what does it mean to praise with our whole heart. And he was commenting on the fact that he had a dog at that time in his house. And... Uh, the dog spent his day inside lying around like dogs do. And then in the morning and in the evening, they take him out. He said, you take the dog out and you take off his leash and they had a backyard and the dog just goes nuts, right? Runs around like he's died and gone to heaven. He said, that's what praising God with your whole heart is. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, so, purpose, praise, passion. Passion. Fourth one, it's a place of plenty. Okay, Psalm 36. Psalm 36, verses 8 and 9. Psalm 36. Give you time to look there. Psalm 36, verses 8 and 9. Here's what we read. He says, They are abundantly satisfied with the fullness of your house, and you give them drink from the river of your pleasures. For with you is the fountain of life, and in your light we see light. He says they are abundantly satisfied with the fullness of your house. You know, when we come here on Sundays or even Tuesday nights, we can come empty, but we, we should leave full, right? I dare say there's times when we leave empty. We come empty, we leave empty. But God wants us to leave full. Nancy and I have said many times there was a book that we liked when we were uh, in our 30s and had children. It was called How to Really Love Your Children. And one of the key phrases is knowing how to fill their tanks with demonstrating love to them. Well, God wants to fill our tanks when we come to the house of the Lord. That's what we read here, right? It says, they are abundantly satisfied with the fullness of your house. And we read that in Psalm 23, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell, where? In the house of the Lord forever. So the house of the Lord is a place of fullness. House of the Lord is a place of fullness. So we've got purpose. We've got praise. We've got passion. And we've got plenty. Psalm 92 Psalm 92. Psalm 92, verses 12 to 15, we read this. 
The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish. In the courts of our God, they shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing to declare that the Lord is upright. He's my rock and there's no unrighteousness in him. So our fifth P is we're to be planted in the house of the Lord. We're to be planted in the house of the Lord. Now here's a particular promise to seniors. He says, they shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. And, uh, you know, we've got, a, we've got a great bunch of seniors in our church. And uh, <clears throat> I'm just a senior wannabe. I'm just a beginner, right? But a lot of them, they're doing really well because they're planted in the house of the Lord. And I know, I know a number of seniors, they, they might even be believers, but they're isolated. They're not really warp and woof of a, of a local church, and, and they don't benefit as much. And we're, God wants us to be planted in the local church. Every church needs people who are committed to it, who are there, who are planted there. And there's a promise, whether we're young or old, that will flourish. So we come to the, we come, what's our purpose in, in, in coming? We come to meet with the Lord. We come to praise the Lord. We come with passion, right? And we come to receive and we come to a place of plentiness. And we come, we're planted. Our sixth P, Psalm 84, verse 10. Psalm 84, verse 10. We read this, for a day in your courts is better than a thousand. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. So uh, it's the P is, it's, it's our preference, right? We would rather, where would you rather be? Somebody said, I'd rather be at home watching a hockey game. You know, or I'd, I'd rather be somewhere else. I'd rather be, well, think about it, though. What is it going to do for you? You know, this is, this is, we're here out of preference. And there, there's, a, there, in, in Psalm 26, the psalmist, he points out a few things that I think are, are related to what we're talking about. He says, in Psalm 26, let me read this for you in verse 4, he says, he makes a contrast. He says, I have not sat with idolatrous mortals, nor do I go in with hypocrites. I have hated the assembly of evildoers and will not sit with the wicked. But what does he say? Lord, I have loved the habitation of your house and a place where your glory dwells. So he makes a choice between worshiping idols and being in the house of the Lord. He says, I've loved the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. So we have choices to make. In, uh, in 1 Corinthians 10, the Apostle Paul says the same thing. 1 Corinthians 10. 1 Corinthians 10 and verse, verse 14 he says this, he says, Therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. And then we go down to verse 21. He says, You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the Lord's table 
and the table of demons, or do we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than he? So he says we have to, we have to make a choice between idols and the house of the Lord. Idols in the house of the Lord. So God knows our hearts. God knows um, what's going on in our minds. But at some point, we have to, we have to make a choice. And we make a choice. We put away idols, and we follow the Lord. So we have purpose. We have praise. See if I can remember them. We have passion. We have plenty. We're planted. It's our preference. One more. In uh, Psalm 27. Psalm 27. Verse 4. He says, One thing I have desired of the Lord that I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. <laughs> it's a priority, right? It's a priority. The house of the Lord needs to be a, a priority in our minds. So, I, uh, I'm sure most of you have seen this illustration. This, this canister has big stones in it, little stones, medium stones, and little stones. And we've, we've told this to the kids many times, but if I was to dump this out, how's the only way you're going to get all these stones back in on the first try? You have to put in the big stones first, and then you put the medium ones in, then you put the little ones in. If you put the medium stones in first, you're not going to get the big ones in, or the little ones. Oh, yeah, the little ones will always go in, but the, you won't get the big ones back in. So big stones first. So big stones first, and everything else will fall in. If we focus on secondary things, the big, the big stones won't get in. And so at some point, we have to decide that the house of the Lord is a priority. We don't sort of flip a coin on Tuesday night and say, oh, am I going to go tonight or am I going to stay home? Or No. We decide. This is what we do. This is what we do Sunday mornings. This is what we do Tuesday nights. This is what we do or whatever your, whatever your schedule is. But at some point, if it's not a priority, guess what? You're not going to do it. <laughs> Something else will come up. And you'll be wishy-washy. So there are Christians who are too busy to attend the meetings of the church. And there are Christians who got a lot of other things to do. And what happens is this. We, we read, it's the same principle as with our money. In Matthew 6, 31 to 34, he says, Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. Your heavenly Father knows all this. He knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things sufficient unto the day as its own troubles. Time equals money, right? Some, I don't know if that's true, but it's the same with our time. It's the same principle. God is no man's debtor. And, I mean, we have to really, if, if, if we're too busy to come and meet with the Lord's people, we're too busy. <laughs> What's the point? It's not as if we're asking people to come every day to meetings, which wouldn't be a bad idea. But two meetings a week, we're not, it's not excessive, is it? God wants us to put him and his glory first. If we don't make it a priority, then we, it won't happen. It has to be a deliberate decision. 
psalmist says, One thing I have desired of the Lord, that I will seek, that I will dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. So that it has to be a priority for us. Now, maybe there's times that we can't be here. And uh, you'll remember, some of you, a couple years ago when Nancy wasn't feeling well one Sunday morning and something wasn't going on right, and Nancy says, well, I'll call Matthew as our son. I said, well, why are you, why are you going to call Matthew? She says, well, then you, you, can, you can go to the house of the Lord. And I said, no, it's okay. I'll stay with you. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm glad I did. She had, a, she had that incident that led to her getting a pacemaker. So, I mean, there are, there are times when we can't come, right? Fair enough. But there are times when we should be here in the house of the Lord, whether it's this house of the Lord or another one. We come to be in the presence of the Lord. We come to be with the Lord. So <clears throat> I guarantee that when you come here to be in the presence of the Lord, you will not be disappointed. You will not be disappointed. May God bless his word tonight as we think on these things, purpose, praise, passion, plenty, planted, preference in our priority. Our Heavenly Father, we're thankful. We're glad. I was glad when they said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord. And we're thankful because your presence is here with us when we gather and you bless us, and we communion with you, and we praise you, and we're blessed. There's no better place to be. So, Father, we thank you for your blessings on our meetings and on the house of the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.